But there was nothing wrong with his wife, you know, doing it. And him supporting very strongly. Mm. But he didn't have to get into the pulpit and try to be the boss of the preaching. You can be the boss of the organization. That's okay. But of the preaching, you have to have the anointing. You don't just stumble into it the way you like. Hello, this is Kingdom Word Radio, and it is Ask Pastor Banky O'Clock. And what does that mean? It means it's time for Ask Pastor Banky. And on this program, we ask Pastor Banky questions that are salient, pertain to our lives, they pertain to our marriages. And uh, if you've ever read any of Pastor's books or you've listened to his messages and you need clarification, then you do get such questions here and we get the answers from Pastor Banky. How do we send the questions? Please send an email to ask at pastor.ng. Ask at pastor.ng. And you can follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the KW Radio. My name is Hope. We'll take a quick break and be back. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, you're in the right place because this is Ask Pastor Banky. And Pastor Banky is here. He is none other than Dr. Bankole Olushino, the founder of Kingdom Word Ministries that operates from Enugu, Nigeria. Pastor has graciously taken time out to be here. Thank you so much, sir. Always nice to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Pastor, without much ado, let's go into the first question. Mm-hmm. Pastor, what is your view on, or your biblical view on women in leadership and ministry? Hmm. All right. First, let me quickly recommend a book titled The Woman Question by Kennedy Hagen. He discussed this in details. I'll just um, put on a few uh, points here. One, can women preach? The Bible makes it clear to us they can. We know very well that uh, Deborah was a prophetess. Okay, Mm -hmm. we know that Isaiah's wife was a prophetess because Isaiah said, I approached the prophetess. He called his wife a prophetess. We know that um, Philip the Evangelist, who had seven daughters that prophesied, we know. Okay, who had daughters? I can't remember the exact number that prophesied. We know that uh, Aquila had a wife called Priscilla. And they said that the way they normally written as Priscilla and Aquila. So, which means that she's likely to have been the lead teacher amongst the two of them. They were the ones that took Apollos aside and gave them, uh, explained the word of God to him more accurately. So, we find all over scripture, women who had the word of God, who were anointed. Let's not even forget to mention Miriam, the sister of um, Moses. Moses. She was a prophetess. So, if the anointing to be a prophetess can be upon people, Definitely, God expected them to minister his word. In modern times, we have prominent people like Maria Woodward, Etta, Catherine Coleman, and all of that, who have ministered the word of God powerfully. So, both from scripture and from experience, I can say that indeed, women can be in ministry. They can minister. 
Do you understand? Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, but then is it every kind of ministry? If you see most of the examples I give, there are two, two of them. Ovine prophets and teachers. Okay? But then there are other examples. Can they be um, apostles? You understand? Uh-huh. Pastors heading a church. Well, I would not say a a firm no in in that because usually those no's end up not being correct. But sometimes you look at the proportion. Maybe they are less likely to be. Okay, because the apostolic office of moving from one place to the other tend to be quite tedious. Okay, and God generally over time, we have not seen him really pour that grace upon the females amongst us. The females that do have it tend to go with their husbands. Mm. But the men go on their own and many of them for that reason because of our apostleship, like if you were following Paul, Paul didn't have a wife, you couldn't have one. Mm. Uh, Timothy and Co, they were just like Paul. You didn't hear that Mrs. Timothy was sending us greetings. <laughs> she, she never did because of the kind of life that those men lived. So I would just like to leave my answer that yes, women can be called to ministry. Many of us are okay with women singing, but the truth is that inside song, singing is actually a form of prophesying and teaching and dis- dis- delivering the word of God. So I believe that they can teach. I believe that they can minister in songs we know. I know they can be prophets. At least I have clear-cut examples from scripture over that. The one that often causes problems for people is when they say that she should not exercise authority over a man. That's usually where the confusion now comes. Leadership, they'll tell you, is male. Uh, David Paulson, you know, will tell you that leadership is male. And that's the reason why Jesus, according to him, picked only um, men as his um, apostles, those called 12 disciples, even though there were a lot of women in that ministry who were working and assisting. Okay? Well, I think there's a lot, there's a strong point in that. And it's the reason why most of our pastors are male. But I don't think it means there's a no-no that a woman cannot be. But I, my own personal counsel would be, even if she has that grace, most likely she will be married and have a very strong Christian as a husband who should serve, in my opinion, as maybe like a head deacon in the place and help with the governmental administration while the woman does the preaching or prophesying which God had given her grace for. Mm. But that's my opinion. Okay, so that means that even in, uh, permit me to use this word, secular leadership, yes, women can actually... Oh, secular leadership, that's already, it takes care of itself, really, because um, they are not asking our opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes in life, eh, things just fall in place, okay? You know places where you don't have a grace for. And that's one thing I want to advise people. Don't struggle to do things that you clearly do not have the grace for. Once I was, I heard a man preaching. This was somebody who, his wife was a preacher. His wife was a preacher. And I could see that this woman really could preach. There was no doubt about it. I heard her speak only once. I said, wow. I heard so much about the woman. I said, no wonder they speak like this. They talk about this woman this much. Then I heard a man speak once. And I told my wife, she was with me that day. I said, this man is not called to ministry. Mm. I said, he's not called to ministry. And two years later, I heard that this man was dead. I said, well. I said, this man, I didn't think he was called to this ministry. Mm. But there was nothing wrong with his wife, you know, doing it. And him supporting very strongly. But you didn't have to get into the pulpit and try to be the boss of the preaching. You can be the boss of the organization. That's okay. But of the preaching, you have to have the anointing. You don't just stumble into it the way you like. 
Okay, thank you, sir. I actually think that's very enlightening, really. Very enlightening. Um, okay. On leadership as well, how do we know who God's will is for leadership? What do you mean now? Um, well, you know, I think this, right church? now, um, let's do it more like Nigeria or, you know, election politically, leadership of a country and organization, okay. particularly where you have to maybe vote and all that. Um, you get Christians who have various opinions on this. How do we know who is going to be God's will so that, you know, maybe Christians can pray for that or can vote towards that? Okay, now, the answer to that one, especially in view of what's going on in Nigeria, democracy, in this year, 2023, and around it, is that you don't need to know. You will discover. Oh, really? Oh, yes, you don't need to know. Nine out of ten of the prophecies we hear always miss it. Nine out of ten. This time around, I'll say 99 out of 100 missed it, okay? If not 999 out of 1,000. But the summary of it is that you don't need to know. You will discover. You don't need to know ahead. You will discover. I wrote a book. It's on our website titled, Let Us Agree. And I'm begging Christians again, read the book. You should know the will of God based on principles. What I'm trying to say is that... What I'm trying to say is that what kind of person do we want? What kind of thing do you want in the society? God wants justice. God wants um, freedom, prosperity. He wants the gospel to be able to advance in a quiet and peaceable, peaceable atmosphere. He wants all men to be saved. You can ask God that whoever will accomplish these things, give him to us. Whoever will cooperate with you, give this thing to us. Now, the kind of leader you get, whether he's good and bad, or bad at, a, at any particular point in time is based upon the kind of thing God wants to do in your life as a nation. You, God doesn't owe you a good leader. He doesn't. There are times you annoy him. He wants to punish you. He said, I'm going to give you a bad leader. He said, I will give the Egyptians into the hands of a cruel master. So it happens. People just assume that if it's the will of God, it must be good. No. The will of God may be a wicked soul who will imprison all of you, take all your money, you understand? Make you poor. Why? It is time for judgment. Mm. You have to bear that in mind. Because that's the attitude people have. It's a bit of spiritual arrogance. You don't know that you deserve punishment. You say, well, what we need in this country is a good leader. No. What you need is the mercy of God. Giving you time to repent of your evil ways. So what you do is in leadership, you just pray to God, give us a good leader. The truth, however, is that you don't know the heart of anybody. Yeah. That's why Christians, I see them a lot of times. They just make up their mind. This is the person we want. A man's heart who you have never seen. A man's capacity which you don't understand. What part of the spirit of God he can receive or he will refuse, you don't know. And yet you want him. Because by your own human calculation, like I said, sometimes Christians say this person we want. I say it's called the soul principle. What do I mean by the soul principle? Somewhere looks, alright? No, not soul, sorry. Eliab, I wanted to say. Alright? Somewhere looked at Eliab. And Eliab looked like Saul. And he said, surely the Lord's anointed is upon him. In the house of David, the house of Jesse, David's father, the least likely was David. Yeah. He was so unlikely, even his own brothers did not call him in. Even his own father did not call him. So anytime we see somebody and say, this is the kind of person we need, we have missed the point. Because you don't know the heart of anybody. So, how do we know who is God's leader? It's simple. After the process has been completed, whoever is there is the chosen one. Okay. 
It doesn't say anything whether it's good or bad. That is dependent upon whether you are due for judgment or due for blessing. When the process, like now it's democracy, after election, after all the legal wranglings and everything has been completed and somebody has been sworn in, the person that took the oath of office is the will of God. Or let me put it this way, is the choice of God. There's a reason why I modify from will to choice. Because what they call the will of God is supposed to be the perfect will of God. And there's only one leader that is the perfect will of God. And his name is Jesus Christ. So only the person who has drank of Christ and is fully manifesting the life of Christ can ever be what you call the will of God. Okay. Which David was not. Which Saul was not. Which none of the kings of Israel ever was. Which no American president ever was. Which no British prime minister ever was. Which no Nigerian president ever was. So what we get is a choice of God. The best under the circumstances when you bear in mind what he's trying to do in this generation. So how do you know that? The one that finally takes office. All your dreams and visions are your own ideas. If they pan out to be true, fine. That's why you hear prophets prophesy all the time. This person will be the next president of Nigeria. And it doesn't, in fact, most of them, they don't come to pass. And so a lot of Christians will not go into that new administration saying this man was rejected by God. No, he was not. If he was rejected by God, he wouldn't be there. He said, but Saul was rejected, was still there. Listen, this is democracy. He has only four years. God knows, God knows what he's doing. If he left that man there with you for four years, that is the person you are supposed to submit yourself to for four years. When I say, Paul said, you know, in writing to the Romans, Paul said that everybody should be subject to governing authorities. Uh, the people want to rationalize that it's only if the person is doing the will of God. I said, what do you mean? Paul wrote it when the Romans were in power. Do you think they were the best government in the world? So let's relax. Who is God's will? Whoever you see on the throne. That is God's choice for you at that particular point in time. Thank you very much, sir. We'll take a quick break now. Don't get away. You're welcome back. This is Ask Pastor Banky. We've actually been, this is the second part of um, the episode. Uh, we've actually taken some questions. So if you're just joining us, you can actually follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the KW Radio. So you can keep abreast what's been happening. Uh, Pastor, there's this question. Someone has said that, Pastor, you said, our, okay, this person has listened to you. Okay. Pastor, you said our pulpit should not be used for marketing goods and services. Yes. However, you seem to agree with politicians being given the opportunity to campaign for votes in church. Can you throw more light into why these two scenarios are different? Number one, they are very, very different. Okay? And I'll explain. First, if... No, let me just let me start like this. Let's stick with our politics side. Let me, for those who do not know what I said, I will need to say it, okay? okay. Lest I be taken out of context. You live in a democracy. You are a gathering of people, all right? If you have like three people running for governor in your state and you are a big church, this is what I say. I'm not saying the Bible said, but it's not against scripture. If you understand the way um, life is, if they say, we would like to talk to your people 
I, if you choose to give them the opportunity, there is nothing wrong with it. That's what I say. However, there are certain you know, conditions. One, the same amount of time is allotted to each of the three candidates. It can be on different days, okay. which you will understand. It will be stated clearly to the people that I am not endorsing anybody. This church doesn't endorse anybody because we're a gathering of citizens and the person wants to talk to us. Now, what is the advantage? Now, how many people will have the opportunity to go and meet that candidate and ask questions elsewhere? I think it's an advantage that we create a platform. Now, let me just say this way. It's not really our pulpit per se. It's like an extracurricular activity. Can I use that word curricular? That we are participating in just in our venue and an opportunity of gathering. Okay. Yes. When it comes, let's say Nigeria is once in four years. There are just three or four candidates. And our people say, we want to ask you questions. So we'll tell you, okay, you have 10 minutes to speak. Maybe after our service is over, we can decide to share the grace. And then our people will ask you questions for another 10 minutes. It's just an opportunity. Do you get my point? Mm. For Christians, and I encourage Christians to participate in politics. Now, let me give an example now. If you're a member of that church and you're running for that gubernatorial office and I'm the pastor, I will not treat you any differently. You will still get your 15 minutes or 10 minutes like the other people. But for me, the emphasis is that our people will not have the opportunity to ask you questions which they will otherwise not have. That's what I recommend. That's what I believe in. And I give an example of um, um, uh, the name just escaped me, the American preacher who did it when Barack Obama was running against a jo- a John McCain. Two separate Sundays, he invited each one of them to come to the church. And they had a long list of questions he had, he wanted them to answer for the church's sake. Questions on the heart of Christians. Mm. And they, all, they each answered it, one after the other. Obama came first, John McCain came the following week. The same amount of time allotted. Is that politics in church? No, I don't really say so. Is it, you know, the way I tell Christians, everybody must vote. So my opportunity is for, for my people to hear from all of you. But I will not endorse anybody. I will continually preach the balanced truth of the word of God. Mm. And then this, um, um, what do you call it? This event or you know, season that comes once in four years. I bring you in to let my people listen to you. I think that is in, is in order. The pulpit, however, cannot be used to promote. Now, that's the main thing. Mm. This is the main thing. The pulpit cannot be used to promote any of these people, mm. which is where the business side comes in. Okay. In the business, when you are promoting something, do you get my yeah, point? And that is what I disagree with. But if you say that I have something to sell in church, because it's very important, I've seen churches that get into trouble because business people come, speak from the platform. And people think that it's end, which it ends up being is endorsement. Because if it was a contest now that I say clearly I'm not endorsing, okay? But if you come and say, ah, after church, I meet my friends one-on-one and I'm selling things to them, I won't tell you to stop. I just will not give you the opportunity to stand up there. Especially since that will not become a habit. So every Sunday, I will not, it's different from people that come up once in four years. Mm. Do you get my point? Okay. Now, of course, I give to one, I have to give to another, then we will not start selling. And of yeah. course, as a pastor, which is the only person that really can do it, it is an abuse of office if I use my pulpit to sell my goods. Do you know the truth? I even consider it personally an abuse of office 
to use my authority to sell anything at all. Many years ago, yes, a woman came to me, well, didn't come to me, went to visit her, a senior person to my wife and I, we just got married. So she was doing this sort of this thing they call all these, um, okay, it was GNLD, all right? Okay. One of these things here. She wanted me to uh, market, join her lineup and all of that. And if you know that me that time, I needed the money. Seriously, <laughs> I did. I didn't have money. I needed that one. But I told her that the problem I had with GNLD products then was that they were mostly health is- issues. They were supplements, mm-hmm. you know, natural help for treating this and all of that. So I told the woman, you have to understand that my, I'm a medical doctor. Anything I market to people on health grounds, implicitly it is believed a doctor is marketing yeah. medicine. They will not realize I'm only marketing somebody else's products, which I don't know because I'm in a, you know, a sales line that I need to meet my target. It has nothing to do with their health. Now that is very, very wrong. They may not know Okay, but no, they may not complain, but I'm taking advantage of my office to market something I'm not trained to market. Mm. I'm not a naturalist. I don't sell herbs. And I know many of those vitamins, people don't need them. My medical training shows that if you're not sick and you don't have any particular risk in your life, taking multivitamins is detrimental to your health. Wow. Yes, I'm telling you as a matter of fact, many people don't know that. Medical training is this. You have to be sick or have a demonstrable risk. For example, now you're pregnant. There's no, you're not sick. It's not, uh-huh. But there's a risk we know that vitamin deficiency will occur because mm. your baby sucks from your body. Yeah. So we give you vitamin supplements. Okay. Do you understand? But if none of these things is there in your life, we're not allowed as modern teaching now to give you vitamin supplements. It's been shown to increase the incidence of cancer in people. Mm. A lot of people don't know. They keep on taking vitamin supplements every day. Now, if you're not giving to, I mean, working for generally to be selling it, would that not be malpractice? An abuse of the trust you have in me as a person. In the same manner, as a preacher, mm. I don't sell anything. Why? Once I start selling it, the respect they have for me as a man of God, who has the authority to instruct them in things, will skew their mm. decision-making process. I have to respect that and not sell anything to them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Thank you, sir. You know, Pastor Proutu, today we have had several prophecies. Yes. And we have been told or taught in church that um, the truth or the, the veracity of a prophecy is in its fulfillment. Yes. So now many, or should I say most of the prophecies that came forth. 999 out of a thousand, yes. <laughs> actually, um, today now have been, would proven. I say they've been proven not to be true. Of course, yes. Uh, Really, I'm wondering, is it that the, the, the people who gave this prophecy, the prophets, yes. were they false prophets? Did they just prophesy falsely this one time? You know, because I'm sure many Christians are wondering as well. Uh, yeah, very good question. <laughs> the answer is like um, legion. I mean, I have many things to say about it. Let's start with prophets. Are they prophets? Most of them are not prophets. You only hear them because of social media that allows any nonsense I say in my bedroom to be distributed worldwide. I distribute wow. it to you on Facebook on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, and no censor. There was one that somebody shared recently. My, my president, my alumni fellowship president was so angry. He called me and said, what kind of nonsense is this? Somebody sat in his bedroom in, somewhere in America and prophesied over Nigeria election. 
a man we had never heard of. We don't know who he is. We don't know whether he's even human or AI. I hope you get my artificial intelligence. And he spoke, and people were sharing on social media. WhatsApp will allow anybody to share anything. First answer. 99% of those people do not even qualify to speak on anything. It's social media that made them an issue. Okay. I want to say something that is um that it panders to our flesh. We will distribute it. Do you get my point? Let us assume I was a P, uh, I was a PDP supporter. You know, are you getting my point? And somebody prophesied that PDP will lose the election. I'm not forwarding it to anybody. Bear that in mind. If I'm a Labour Party supporter and somebody prophesies that Labour Party will lose that election, I wouldn't forward it to anybody. Where I'm, where I'm going is that all those prophecies you heard only pandered to our feeling, our emotions, our desires. So we amplified them. There were prophets prophesying party A will win. There were prophets prophesying party B will win. There were prophets, prophets prophesying party C will win. And D, and so on and so forth. But the ones that we amplify are the ones we like. <laughs> it's fact. Look, I'm in my chat group of my classmates. There are people that when they post it, I don't even bother opening I know what it's going to be about. It's just a human bias. It's just the way it is. Okay? So, that's the first question. Were those prophecies false? or were they? Most of them were not supposed to be prophesying. The only thing they are prophesying because their social media gave everybody a platform. Everybody is not a pastor. Everybody is not a prophet. Thanks to social media. If it was a time when you really needed to have a church or be an ordained minister or have a, you know, a loud platform, a large platform, they would have known who was really a prophet. That's number one. But even amongst the big prophets, they said things that did not come to pass. Why? It is simple. I watched them. The Lord did not speak to them. Mm. Their emotions you know, spoke to them. And they couched their emotions, being men of God, as you know, with some spirituality. And then we said they prophesied. Look, I told Christians, then I put it on Twitter. I said, look, election time, all kinds of prophecies. I said, what should you do? I said, ignore every single one of the prophecies. Don't let anybody tell you who to vote for. Follow spiritual principles. Let them tell you the principles of God. Then based on your principles, go and vote. Don't forget you pray. After you vote, you relax and give the Lord thanks. And watch out for the results. That's all. The prophecies fail? No. God never spoke to those people. He did not. Okay, Pastor, now let me ask you a question. God spoke to Jonah. Yes. Jonah went to Nineveh. Yes. Delivered the message. God said they will die. They yes. didn't die. Good, good. No, I didn't want to get to that because I just wanted to address Nigeria's situation directly. Because Jonah's song was a prophecy of judgment, which doesn't apply to us now. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. It, was a, it was a prophecy concerning judgment. And if you know God... God Judgment is always reluctant on his part. So anytime, whether he tells you or not, once I, when he pronounces judgment on people, there's always the opportunity to repent and be saved. Okay? Mm. Anyone who will repent will be saved. If God doesn't want you to be saved ever, he wouldn't even allow you the ability to repent. He can also do that. Okay? You go and see Isaiah. Isaiah said, deaden the ears of these people. Let them hear and not understand and then see and not perceive. So it happens. So in Jonah's case, he said 40 days Nineveh will be overthrown. 
And then he went and started waiting. What he did not know is that God is really a merciful God. So those people tapped into his mercy. And then it didn't come to pass. That is not a... It doesn't mean Jonah was a false prophet. It means the will of God was done, which is that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but to mm. come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay. And exactly what happened in that case. That does not apply to our country, Nigeria. That's the election issue. It doesn't. It's just who won this election. And then again, I tell pastors, why are you bothering? Okay, whoever won, wins, will it change anything you are doing? Mm. Will it change how you pray? Because And that which is why it's so good for us sometimes that the people we want don't win. Because we'll go and relax. And then we don't pray for them. We don't pray. And then they fail woefully. They fail mm-hmm. colossally. So it's good that the people we don't even we think we don't want so that we'll remain on our knees. Mm-hmm. We will not leave that place. Our eyes will be on the Lord. So in this particular situation, the general principle really didn't apply. There was one particular man who said that, God said, if you don't pray, this man will win. I said, it's not true. What he's saying is not true. And the man ended up winning. They want to say because we did not pray. God is not afraid of anybody. <laughs> you have to understand the way God is. He's not afraid of anybody. If you win and he doesn't want you, he kills you. Mm. Hey, what's the big deal? You have, all of us have seen enough to deserve death. He'll just kill somebody. You know? So he's not afraid of anybody. So I say that if you don't pray, this person will win. Whether you pray or not. Hmm? God has chosen that is pray specifically about a candidate. Mm. Our prayer should have been for years before in repentance, praying for the nation generally. Then in the midst of that, God will not choose the person that will do his will. You don't know it. Now, let me just say this before I just drop it. Sometimes, some prophets will actually be genuine and they will see it. But I want to say this to you clearly. They are never popular. Their words are never pronounced loudly. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I I really wish we could have you know pursued that a bit further, but uh, thank you so much. And we have come to the end of today's episode. Remember, you can follow us on all our socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the KW Radio. And do remember to send your questions to ask at pastor.ng. God bless you. Thank you.